Hey guys, I'm AP. And I'm your girl, Black Mamba, and we are the hosts of The Hate Journals, a weekly comedy podcast. We know we aren't the only ones that get annoyed by the daily grind, and lately there's a lot to be annoyed about, and we get it. Join us each week as we roast and toast all the things that we love to hate. Nothing is off limits as we rant, rave, and laugh our way through our own experiences, current events, and so much more. So tune in weekly to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on our website at thehatejournals.com. That's right, guys. Let us help you get you through your week every week with The Hate Journals podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the show, everybody. I see things a little differently the week of Christmas. And as of this show, I believe we only have five shows left in this year. What, three this week? No, six shows. Um, The very last show, the very last Wednesday of the year. I don't know what we're going to be talking about. I have a couple of ideas. I think I'll do my, I think what I'm going with right now is I will do my own little countdown of my top 10 wrestlers of the year. And I haven't decided on whether I'm going to mix the men with the women or just keep them separate. I think if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to keep them separate. And I, normally, and I know when I normally do lists, I just write them down, then I go off of there. I think I'm actually going to list them as my top 10 each. So I think I'll separate them. So I think that'll be the last Wednesday of the show, uh, last show of the year. So you probably won't get anything else after the content that me and Jonathan Estridge gave you last Wednesday. And then we have the CW verse show this week. Um, I think that's, that's a fair assessment before we get into next year and all the content that you're going to get more than what you want. We're going to be able to talk about WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, all reviews for those, all opinions for those, and anything else that comes out. So we're going to keep this train rolling. And as I do this show, we're going to get right into the top news of the week. Um, I this this, marked this down. This will be the first time ever I have talked about ratings on my show. And it's not because I don't care, because I do get your emails. I do get your messages on uh, Instagram. And I do give my opinion to you guys. To me, to break down the ratings and the demos... There's enough people doing that to where, and I get it, I've been told this more recently this week and the last couple weeks, people like how I break things down. That's fine. I And I'm being completely honest when I say this, I don't know how to break down the ratings because to me, when I, when I, when I let me take that back. It's not that I don't know how to break it down. I don't see a point of it because none of these shows are pushing the needle or moving the needle so to speak they all have their fan bases and they stay pretty consistent but this week 
if Marvel dropped their bomb raw, seriously legged the egg. <laughs> um, the lowest raw rating in history. And you know what? And it hit 1.52 million. And let me tell you something right now. And by the way, all three hours in all the key demos, AEW, not from this past Wednesday, but two weeks ago, when Sting had his first interview, did better than them. Um, this has sent shockwaves throughout the, I would dare say, industry. WWE, in so many ways, is the industry, right? People take the pulse of wrestling through WWE, which, if we're being honest, that's fair. That, that's just <clears throat> plain out and simple. That's just fair. And I get it. Um, now, I'm going to give you my opinion on why this is so important. Now, first of all, WWE has been said that they supposedly it shook them to their core. And USA Network is not happy with them. USA Network wants more adult content. And they're not talking about bra and panty matches. They want more adult content that's violence and to the point and blood and guts. Nothing sexy, nothing funny. And you know what? That's fair. You know, and I'll just say this here. I'm going to mix a lot of different thoughts in. So just bear with me. Like, for example, Matt Riddle, right? I love. It's funny. People ask me all the time about my collection. When I love talking about my, my collection, right? And I actually have a bone to pick with AEW or something, but we'll get to that later. It's, less, it's way less important <laughs> than this. this. That's just me bitching. Matt Riddle, supposedly, is contract is going to be up in the next year. WWE wants to lock him down. And so it's been reported as of the last couple of weeks, Miss McMahon loves the shtick he does, the funny stuff he does. To me, it's corny. To me, it's a waste of his talents. We know we know the guy can wrestle. I've been watching him since Evolve. Um, I didn't watch any of his UFC stuff, but I've been watching him since Evolve. I know him and Keith Lee had some badass matches in Evolve, um, which I, sh- I believe they should be on the WWE Network. I have not checked the Evolve stuff, though, on the network, so I would have to, I would have to do that. Um, but here's the thing, right? When he's going around doing the bro thing, the bro thing, and they're offering him supposedly $400,000 a year, guaranteed, and $50,000 for every Saudi show. But that type of humor, that Vince McMahon humor, the stuff that he only finds funny, is just not going to fly. And when I, re- when I decided to redo this show, I want to be less and less critical and bitchy. More so less bitchy. Because you can get that at any podcast. You really can. I want it to be, hey, this is what I watch. This is what I enjoy. And, and I started looking at different YouTubers. And Brian Zane from Wrestling With Regret. Um, to me, he will give his opinion. But overall, he tends to just enjoy the show. I've noticed that. And I appreciate that about him. I will say this though. Three weeks ago, and before now it'll be four weeks ago, excuse me. The reason why you guys got that 15 minute show for the Survivor series, two weeks in a row, it was the first time in two in two or three years where I watched the Raw. It wasn't live. Um, it was just on the DVR. And I watched all three hours of the show. And I remember I felt like how I felt towards the end of the last show where I felt burnt out 
from watching Monday Night Raw. And that's not me being overdramatic. That's not me exaggerating. The first what the first week I watched it, alright. Wrote all those notes down, did the review, and it felt the same. It felt like I remember I read I read an interview with Renee Young and, and when they were trying to convince her to stay and they said, Well bring talking smack back and she was like, Alright, I'll do that. Then she said, What am I doing? I'm moving backwards. I didn't feel that way yet. But the second week I watched Raw, all three hours, I felt just that way. And I said to myself, absolutely not. If I'm going to review this show like this again, I'd rather not do the show. And I'd rather just say my goodbyes and move the bleep on. And that's and that's pretty much what I did. And I said, all right, I just can't. No. It's a bad show. It is a terrible show. Let's just be honest. And this rating is deserved. And that 1.5 is just the diehards that are out of habit. And the best way I can describe it is it's WCW in 1999, 2000, and into the middle of 2001. Because you know how I know that? I was one of those people that was still holding out hope. Because some of my favorite wrestlers, like Diamond Dallas Page, like Booker T, they were still at WCW. So I was still kind of like stuck watching that because I was like, they're not coming over here. So I said, I have to watch him over there. You know, by the time Jericho came over to WWE, Guerrero, Benoit, Saturn, Malenko, But Rey Mysterio was still over there too. So I still had to watch. And I remember at the time, I, I didn't care about ratings. But I remember there was an interview that Jericho did. And Jericho said, it's just out of habit. And that's what it was. Because I remember when they did G.I. Bro and they brought G.I. Bro back for, w, for Booker T. I was like, damn, this is really corny. They have Master P. One of my heroes growing up, coming from Louisiana, you know, just seeing what he did. They're desperate. And I remember I just, I, I want to say I sporadically, uh, in, uh, from, in 2000, I sporadically watched it. it. It just became less of a habit and less and less of a, I no longer felt like it was destination television. And... Then at the last Nitro, I watched it because it was the, the last Nitro. But the only reason I ever knew what happened in 2000, like, and I was and I was up to date on it, is because I had a friend who was a diehard WCW fan, and bless his heart, to this day he still will give me theories of why WCW could could last until now, and he, he just he's to me he reminds me of Spike Lee in the Knicks. There's you dude. There's no talking him down from it. We are over tw- or close to 20 years of this company being, uh, no, distinct, uh, distinct, oh, distinct, that's not a word, extinct. And he still has theories of how you could bring WCW back and get the fan base back. Bless him. But it was out of habit. But I remember I just slowly got out of it. So, and I remember when, it was when Nitro went to three hours. At the time, I was living in a hotel. And that's all, and we and they didn't get TNN. They only got uh, TNT. So I was stuck watching WCW for a while. And then because I was on a tape trading scene for so long, people I just had hookups. So people so then like after like two months of Raw, someone would say, "Hey man, I finally got those tapes back," and it'll give me two months worth of Raw. And even though I kept up with it, I was able to watch it, and then eventually I was able to watch it live again. So. 
that's what this is. That's what that 1.5 million is. It's just the diehards that won't let go. And they still have hope. And bless them. Um, this is, and I've heard this around. I've heard this on different podcasts. I've heard this on different shows. Some people believe this is the greatest roster of talent in WWE history. And you know what? It's hard for us to say they're wrong. In the 80s, no. In the 80s, there was a bunch of job guys and you had top guys. Then you had middle, some some middle guys. Some. It wasn't as balanced. Then you got into the 90s. And it was like, okay, still not the balance. And by the way, let's mix in this. The reason why Vince McMahon supposedly, reportedly, sent those big guys down to, to be you know, retrained is he believes the, the reason for the low ratings, which he's always believed, is that when you have top smaller guys on top and there's no monsters, then that's the cause of lower ratings. So he wants people to work like monsters and big men. At the same time, the reason why Lars Sullivan has been taken off TV is because you can't have two people booked as monsters because technically they're booking that like Roman Reigns is booked as a monster. Interesting. But the point is, I would even say during the Attitude Era, they did not have the balance. They had de- they had decent, but to me, the thing that made the Attitude Era so unique was WCW had the cruiserweights and the heavyweights. They might have had the talent, but people that I knew were watching the cruiserweights because the main event was always the same thing. NWO beats up people. No one from WCW comes out to help. That's the end of the show, right? So what you would, what some people would do, they would literally watch the first hour of WCW, and then they watch the second hour of, of Raw because guess what? The main event was it was reversed there. They didn't have much of a mid card, or the mid card was ever doing something ridiculous, forever doing something ridiculous. So now you have the main event that's stacked. So if I had to say something, I would agree. If you look at the talent, they do. Here is the thing, though. And it goes back to that Vince McMahon interview with Steve Austin on the WWE Network years ago. You have one guy booking this stuff. Through his vision, the writers are writing not for the talent, for him. I was in the middle of listening to New Day's podcast. And they had this, this former WWE writer on. I forgot his name. But they they considered him the fourth member of the New Day because he was constantly pitching ideas for the New Day. And he's the one that essentially put them together because he was throwing little things and promos here and there. And then when he was in the meetings, he said, hey, so technically Kofi said this, him and E are friends. They need to be together on TV. So now it gets them booked on house shows and blah, 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 right? Brian Gerortz. If you listen to Bruce Pritchard, and Brian Gortz has said this on some of these live shows on uh, something in the Wrestles podcast, he said, yeah, you know, you have to sneak stuff in, and Vince sometimes, if for as much as hands-on as he is, he won't notice certain things. So now he's like sitting there, all of a sudden he's like, well, he said this in the promo last week. You want to ignore it? And then, and then Vince was like, no, he said it, so just keep going with it. Sometimes, sometimes that's how it goes. Not all the time, sometimes. So if I should just sneak these things in to get certain people over, that is a problem. And 
I'm actually still surprised they have that many hardcore fans. By now, I thought they would have just stayed at a million. So they stay, they're not dead. They're making more money now than they ever have. A big part of it is PG. And here's the thing. And I get some of the sponsorships they have and some of the branding they have won't work with them if they go back to Attitude Era. I, I know I read that a few places. Like some of the toy companies they deal with. I believe Mattel, the one that does, they, they do great action figures. I believe they've said they can never go back to Attitude Era and have a, have a, a sponsorship with them. Um, so it's, it is about the money. But at the same time, if you think about this, it's this been two years since the McMahon family, including Triple H, came on television and said the people are the authority. They haven't turned it around. It's gotten worse. And, and the reason why it's so easy to compare this WWE to WCW in the end days, they give away matches for free the same way. And no, I'm not counting it NXT because guess what? They don't count NXT. Oh, I mean, anything that happens to NXT, this man completely ignores. If he didn't, then guess what? You have a built-in story because Big E technically defeated Seth Rollins for the NXT championship. You can build off that to help him get over on the main roster. Just a little stuff like that. Bo Dallas was a real contender. He was the, the third NXT champion. He had a great ladder match with Pac when he lost the championship. He had a great match with Big E when he... Big E's the second NXT champion. First black one. Keith Lee is the only, first and only double champion in NXT history. So they they did this... Vince McMahon did this to himself, right? And here's the... And I'm all over the place, I know. But bear with me, guys. This is important because... Now WAB is supposedly asking writers which talent is underused but can shine. The, it, it was funny because I guess Drew McIntyre is going to be in the next Broken Soul sketch session. And and I'm going to get back to my point with Vince McMahon. And Austin said, hey, who, who is the most underutilized guy? And he said the, the, the only name that can come up, I, I, what was it, what was it Zach Verbage? Zach Verbage was, the only name you can say is Cesaro. Why hasn't Cesaro? Why hasn't Cesaro become WWE champion? You talk about how global you are. You put the damn belt on Jinder Mahal to show how global you are. Cesaro is one of the best workers in the ring. You don't need him to cut promos. If you would have kept him with Paul Heyman, let Paul Heyman cut promos. But you decided to change that. Once again, Vince's fault. And it goes back to Vince on that damn podcast when he when he said, "Well, I don't know if Cesaro why Cesaro hasn't gotten over because maybe because he's Swiss." But you're global. This is something you push. You're so global, and he can't get over with the fans because he's he's over. He was over. You kept telling him to stop doing stuff. You kept telling him to stop doing the big swing, which a movie he got over. He got a fucking big swing over. Now, I remember being in the building WrestleMania 30. That place went fucking nuts for three things. When Daniel Bryan won the WWE Championship, when Daniel Bryan defeated Triple H, and when Cesaro threw Big Show over the top rope. I know there were other things, but I'm telling you, those were the three things that got some of the biggest pops of the night, if not the biggest pops of the night. 
So, how do you fix it? The only way you can fix it is something that's not going to happen. And that's if these you know, board members say, hey, Vince, we've lost faith. You need to put someone else in charge of your creative. Who that can be? To have no clue. Have no fucking clue. But they have a serious problem here. They have a serious problem. They've had it for a while. And and if you say, hey, slow chemical, we mean to give matches away for free. We can't count NXT, you know why? They're in a head-to-head battle with AEW. So both companies, all those companies are going to give away match. Hell, AEW is giving away a world championship match. Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. That could main event any pay-per-view on AEW. Or any wrestling show. That's not WWE. They're giving it away for free on TNT the week after the January 6th to compete with the New Year's show for NXT. Those two companies have to do that, especially since AEW only has four pay-per-views a year. But all right, one of the best matches of the year was guess what? A free match for the Intercontinental Championship. The Intercontinental Championship finals was Daniel Bryan AJ Styles, two days before a pay-per-view. They weren't even on the damn show. But they were having a classic match on SmackDown. There's no competition on Fridays. And it was a taped show. They didn't have to re-record anything. They gave it away. They gave it away. Oh, and guess what just happened this week? Bianca Belair. Bailey, giving away on SmackDown. Before TLC. Oh, Carmella, Sasha Banks, last week, giving away. Before TLC. By the way, Bailey won that match. Um, This is not, once again, this is stuff all they're making. Oh, let's just look at the way they're booking Lana. Just throw more stuff out there. Lana gets a clean win. Clean. Over Nia Jax, her second win in a row against the Tag Team Champions. Then she gets attacked, and now she's off the card for TLC. So, this story, this injury is not legit. So, they've taken her off after they've been building this storyline of her getting more and more sympathy, right? She, but she's, but once again, she's, she's a survivor. Like, she was yelling at Survivor Series. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor, baby. They want her to get over. They want the fans to love her. They want it. They want it. They want it, right? So now you take her out. It, first of all, it telegraphs the match. Asuka, unless Charlotte Flair is going to come in and has her tag team partner, she, she's losing that match. And it's clear that the number one contenders for those women's tag team championships is Mandy Rose and uh, Dana Brooke. And that, that's who they're going to face at the Rumble or whoever, wherever. But this is your booking, and I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to build more and more sympathy. So when she comes back, she's going to run in and probably cost them the tag team championships. And it's supposed to be this big explosion. First of all, every every type of cheer, every boo right now is manufactured. But if they're really going to have fans at the Royal Rumble, you're going to get a sense of how much people don't care. And... It's not even about Lana being a bad wrestler. They just don't care about Lana. All these people that she... Once again, let's be honest. He's pushing her because she's hot and blonde. He's a thing for hot blondes. 
But these are the people he wants to push. He doesn't see it in other people. I mean, to me, Drew McIntyre's promo skills aren't that great. They're all right. You know what I'm saying? Like even when he was in freaking uh, Impact and he was making the rounds before he like reemerged in WWE, his promo skills were all right. He's just a big mf'er. You know what I'm saying? Why can't you push Keith Lee like that? Keith Lee doesn't. Have to, Keith Lee is very articulated. You know, he's a big dude. Like these are the guys. These are your favorite people to push. Why can't he push him? It just says something. But this rating and this this feedback is well deserved. And I want to read you guys something. Part of the report. They spent a lot of time on this, so I want to move on. But listen to this. This is what is being reported. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this breakdown to you. When the news broke regarding the viewership for this week's Raw, it was safe to assume people in charge weren't thrilled. The show did their lowest rating ever, but now it is being reported that the USA Network is furious. Alex McCarthy of TalkSport is reporting that the network is very unhappy about Raw ratings. Additionally, a source told him that the USA Network are furious they want more adult content. Not sexy adult, but dark and violent content. The report went on to mention that WWE feels that the Royal Rumble is a reset for them and a fresh direction for the company may start there. It had been reported earlier in the week that big reactionary changes were expected to be made in response to the ratings. Whether that means a big title change or not, change was expected. Interesting, right? Very fascinating. Now, I'm going to get, I actually have recorded, because I've been telling you guys I was going to do it, I was going to book the top seven matches, I'm doing top eight matches for WrestleMania. And I recorded it the other day, and I didn't like it. So I wanted to keep some reality in there, it's clear where they're going with certain things, with what I can see happening, or what I think should happen. So I, after this happened, I'm glad, because... I actually recorded that as Raw was going on live. And then this, when the whole, this entire news thing broke. It was just whatever, right? So I say, you know what? Let me redo it and do it the way I want to do it, as well as keeping some uh, reality in there. But the only way these guys are going to get a fresh start is by doing what's right. I don't want to hear and I don't care about WrestleMania and Legends. Undertaker can't wrestle anymore. Goldberg may can wrestle, but it does not benefit you to make him a world champion again. This dude has been, uh, he has been, he was his hottest in WCW. He was only a one-time world champion at his hottest. He has been a four-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion Three times in the last three years. Think about that. Think about that. That's a problem. And I'm sorry, two-time champion. I apologize. He won the world championship from Kevin Owens and The Fiend. Disgusting. It doesn't, but here's the problem when you bring in someone like Goldberg. His only appeal is to win. That's it. But you having him on the card, 
you having him on the card, Undertaker on the card, that might get you some eyeballs. It won't get you butts in the seats. It's you know what that's gonna do? That's gonna get you someone that's gonna text their homie and say, "Hey man, let me use your password for the WWE Network." That's all it's gonna do now. That that trope is dead. So when I hear Bubba Ray Dudley on his show or whoever else say, "You guys just don't get it," is WrestleMania? Yeah, dude, I hear you, bro. That's why these ratings are so shitty. Yeah, I think sometimes. People are so enamored with just disrespecting people's opinions because they're in the business. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing air quotes. That they just, they just, that's all they have to lean on. So they just, just lean on it. So that's why people don't listen. That's why I don't listen to a lot of these podcasts. A lot of these wrestlers' podcasts, I don't listen to. Because so, I've heard some people say, well, this podcast is all right. But he does do this. Like, like, once again, do you know where they're coming from? Or it's, it's kind of like people who listen to Jim Cornette and they get then they get offended by what Jim Cornette says. Do we know Jim Cornette? Never. I said this a couple weeks ago. Him and Mr. Russo are the same person. They're stuck in their era. The same way, like and, it, and Jim can't help himself. He got he, he. Let's be honest. If people didn't want bad press, Jim Cornette would have got his ass whipped a long time ago. When he made that comment about Becky Lynch being pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Dude, if Seth Rollins was someone else, trust me. This was the street. Seth Rollins would punch him in his freaking mouth. Then he made a comment about how Brandy was pregnant and thank God she's off TV. Dude, why are you talking about people's families? Not everything is fair game. But once again, I don't listen to stuff like that. Because if it's going to make me... Well, I don't listen to stuff like that, period. Because I just don't enjoy a lot of wrestlers' podcasts. I really don't. I try to get into them. I've tried. To me, I personally think Conrad Thompson has helped out the entertainment value with a lot of those guys because they they could talk about more than just their opinion. But they do have the right to their opinion, and they do tend to go off. You know what I'm saying? But for me, Jim Cornette's show is only to be negative. Why would I listen to that? Like, there's a lot of podcasts I used to listen to, and like I just seem like, okay, I get it. They're only going to be negative i don't want to listen to that that's that's too much you know it, t- it takes a lot to be in that headspace i couldn't imagine be- being jim Corn. and i like jim i've met him i have a picture with him i have a ton of shit he autographed i like him but it's gotta be hell living in, in his head because it's so negative all the fucking time and when is he happy you know like when is he actually happy i don't think he has that mode on or ever so anyways, the point of me saying all this is that this rating is well-deserved. And then, then look at this. It's also being reported. And all this stuff is just, if you look at all this stuff, it's really just mixed in to a boatload of shit. WWE now reportedly wants to revisit that lesbian angle between Lana and Liv. Why? It went nowhere the first time. Bobby Lashley, bless his heart. Bless his heart. This dude has been in some trap. This dude went to Impact. At one point in time in Impact, you wouldn't know it. By the way, they've been booking him until more recently. He's gotten the U.S. Championship back. But in Impact, this this guy at one point had every single championship around his waist. And he was dominating. He was having great matches and great moments. Why hasn't this man gotten his match with Brock Lesnar? I'm interested in no. We're going to get to Brock Lesnar. I have an idea for him for WrestleMania. But the point is, 
Why are we, are we revisiting stuff that didn't work before? Also, can we just... And I don't... I believe there neither one of these... Well, first of all, Lana's not lesbian. She's married to Miro. Two, I believe Liv is not lesbian. I believe she's dated several wrestlers, including Enzo. Well, she, she dated Enzo. That might make her gay. But anyways, like the point is, I don't think either one of these women are gay. If you're going to do a lesbian angle, why didn't you do it with Sonya and Mandy? It was clear... That I I thought it was clear that that's where they were going, but no, they were, I was wrong. And those two ended up having a good feud, a really good one. But like you could have easily had the feud where like everyone knows Sonya Sonya's gay, you know she doesn't hide it, and she could have just been the jealous type and say, hey, you know I like that's relatable to people where they're close friends with someone, someone knows they're gay, and like they they're attracted to them and they're like they're thinking that they're on the same page, but they're really not on the same page, like. That's a real life stuff. That happens every... I just had a conversation with someone about this two weeks ago. About them being into someone that they're friends with. And they're like, well, I don't think they'll accept me. I don't think they'll accept my love. It's 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 a interesting conversation. It's a scary conversation. But it's a fascinating conversation. It's an important conversation. Why couldn't you tell that story? Why are you trying to get people that aren't gay to be gay? And these guys... Don't, don't know how to write. And I'm not even talking about writers at this point. Because once again, we've already established they're writing for one person. What does Vince know about gay? Just because he was around Pat Patterson? I don't... I mean, what's, I, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being dead serious. Like, what does he know? Does he do research? I mean, it seems like he just throws, throws st- scripts away. Seems It seems like that's his thing. He just throws scripts away. So all this is mixed in. And now I'm, I've got almost 30 minutes about this crap. Probably even more than 30 minutes. I'm looking at my timer at this point. Yeah, over 30 minutes. But all this is mixed in. So now I'm going to mix in my fantasy booking for WrestleMania. I'm going to do the top eight matches and why these matches should happen at WrestleMania. If you want your first start, if your first start starts, starts at the Royal Rumble, let's do that here. Now I've changed up some ideas. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the one I talked about a few weeks ago. I said Rhea Ripley should join, should you know, go to the main roster, surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble and win it. I still think she should be the surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble match, but I think she lasts until the very end, and then she gets eliminated by the eventual winner at the very end, obviously, Bianca Belair. And here's how it's, here's how I'm gonna set up the two matches I'm talking about already. Some of you guys see where I'm going. So Rhea comes down to they have this moment. It's a Shawn Michaels Undertaker moment from their Royal Rumble 2007, where it's just, it's a match after the Royal Rumble match, but still in the Royal Rumble match, right? That was like a five minute match these two had, Shawn and Taker, where just people were on pins and needles, like who was gonna win? I'm, uh, 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 and you finally see the, the mistake Shawn made. As he went for Sweet Shin Music and Taker just backdropped him. Something very similar could, could happen between Rhea and Bianca. Rhea gets, you know, that's not cocky, but she's like setting her up for a move. And Rhea sticks her tongue out. Ah, and she's going for the kill. And Bianca just backdrops her out the ring. Now, you set up two stories with one match. You have Bianca, who's now set in stone to face Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. 
at WrestleMania. So, boom, that's match one. Match two, Asuka comes out the very next night on Raw. Says, I like you, in her funny way. Hope to see you down the road. You put up a hell of a fight last night. Then Rhea tells her, damn right I did. And WrestleMania, I'm coming for your championship. Well, got to earn that spot first. Asuka walks away, because she's a champ. She got she ain't got shit to do. Rhea then has to fight in an elimination chamber match. Here's who's in that elimination chamber. You have Rhea. You have Peyton Royce. You have Shayna Baszler. You have I'm trying to think of some some really challenging. I'll, I'll put Nia Jax in there. Because she's, she's she's not going away. And she's somebody that can get in the way. You have Mandy Rose. And you have, last but not least, the returning Charlotte Flair. It gets down to the final two. Charlotte is the last one to come out of her pod. So she's fresh. And Naya and Shayna have been beating on Rhea. Those two get eliminated. Now it's down to to Rhea and Charlotte. The woman that Rhea lost her NXT championship to. Her one and only reign in NXT. And... Instead of protecting Charlotte like they do, because every loss can't, no loss can be, no, without controversy, you put Rhea over clean with the Riptide. One, two, three. Rhea's going to WrestleMania. She told Asuka she was coming for her. Now she is. And both Bianca and Rhea have their moments at Mania. They both win their prospective women's championships. Those are two matches. We have six more to go. You want a fresh start? We already know we're getting Reigns and Goldberg, right? And let's be honest. It's best for the men's Royal Rumble winner since Big E's going to have that Intercontinental Championship. He's going for the Intercontinental title. Now, he may not win it, but I think he needs to win it because Reigns is not losing that championship at WrestleMania. So let him have his match with Goldberg, because Goldberg's still contracted for two matches a year. So that'll be a third match, right? We're not even going to expand on that, because that match is going to suck. But this is how you save the men's Royal Rumble match. You have it be the final four. A returning Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan. Keith Lee. Big E. Right? Rollins and Bryan eliminate each other. And mind you, Rollins had said some comments to Daniel Bryan while he was still in that feud with the Mysterio family. Let's not forget about that. So these two are so consumed with each other, they eliminate each other. That's one of your matches for WrestleMania as well. That's number that's number four. That just that will be a great one-on-one match, and those two can have great promos back and forth with Rollins trying to save Daniel and Daniel's like, nah, you're you're a hypocrite, dude. You came in with the shield. There, remember the shield's first feud. When they came in, 
was with Daniel Bryan, Kane, and Ryback. They had a great TLC match at TLC. And so, then you have those two feuding, but those two eliminate each other. Now it comes down to Big E, who is the Intercontinental Champion. I, I think you pull a trigger, you do a Roddy Piper moment. The same way Roddy Piper won the Intercontinental title at Royal Rumble 92, then he went in to try to win the championship, you do that. Big E wins the Intercontinental Championship at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Now he's going to for the sweep. He's like, hey, I'm going to go to WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion challenging the Universal Champion. Big, Big E doesn't know he has in his way. He has Keith Lee in his way. Two big monsters. Keith Lee wins, but barely. They could set up something for the future because now Keith Lee has that's that respect for him. The same way that just last year at the Survivor Series, Reigns and Keith Lee went at it, and, and Reigns ended up saying, "I respect, I respect that. I, I see, I see you, big guy. I see you down the road." Same thing. Now you have Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. Keith Lee has been in, in, involved with Drew McIntyre since the beginning, since he got on the main roster, and since they're clearly setting up because AJ Styles is a, is a complete afterthought in this TLC match that's happening. That by the time you hear this, it will have already have happened. He's a complete afterthought. Because so, they're building the Sheamus and McIntyre, which is clearly going to be the match at Rumble, right? Or Elimination Chamber. Well, it could be the match at Rumble and Elimination Chamber. But, but McIntyre is not losing that championship until Mania. Where in our fifth match, it's Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. McIntyre lays down for the Royal Rumble winner. Keith Lee. You want a fresh start? This is your fresh start. You start pushing the people you don't see air quotes. You can't see me doing that. See nothing in. Let's not forget about Big E. Remember the idea I told you about Brock Lesnar? That's what you do. You re-sign Brock Lesnar, which they're clearly going to do at some point. And your match with Brock Lesnar is not some triple threat match. That's whatever, right? Your match is the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, well, Keith Lee's already taken up the title match. Goldberg's taking up a title match. Brock is pissed. Paul is pissed. But Paul was like, hey, you know, what do you want to do, Brock? Brock says, I don't care. I'll take his championship. He points at Big E. And Big E looks at his championship and says, you want to come get it, big boy? At WrestleMania 37, Big E, Brock Lesnar. The reason why I don't put him against... Bobby Lashley is because I don't think Bobby Lashley I don't I don't think they're going to give Bobby Lashley what he wants. Me, Bobby Lashley is fighting the same fight that Sting fought with his match with Undertaker. Lashley's been so vocal about that match with, with, with Brock Lesnar and they have yet to give it to him. For some reason I don't think they are going to give it to him even though he, they should give it to him. But this is how you make a new star. Big E should be winning that Universal Championship at, Survivor, at SummerSlam next year. Let Reigns let, let have a whole year with that title tormenting the SmackDown locker room before Big E gets that belt from him. But WrestleMania 37, Big E defends the Intercontinental Championship versus Brock Lesnar. And he wins. He doesn't lose. He wins. Should Brock be losing all the time? No. But he only wrestled one match. Excuse me, no. Technically two matches. In 2020, he wrestled in the Royal Rumble match. He'll be fine. He will be fine. He doesn't need to hold any more championships. No more part-timers 
holding world championships or championships of any kind. Match number seven. You have the returning Becky Lynch, because she's going to return. And you have her versus Ronda Rousey in a one-on-one match. No championships on the line, just a grudge match. Let's like how the first WrestleMania was. There was no world title match at the first WrestleMania. You know, you have the real war to sell the score here. The one time these guys face one-on-one, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. Now, who do you have win? That's interesting. Because whoever wins is going to get a shot at the championship next, right? I think you can have a big money feel with both competitors versus Rhea Ripley. I really do. I think you have Ronda Rousey defeat Becky Lynch. And now they both have claim because they both pinned each other at one point in time. Ronda, Ronda got pinned at WrestleMania 35. And now Becky's been pinned. Now you need to have a third match. But you don't go right to the third match. You save that big-time main event at, at Survivor Series with Rhea facing whoever. But then they have a third match, which will be a second one-on-one match, at, at SummerSlam. But in this match, Rousey gets to pin. And Rousey gets to pin the same way Becky got to pin on her. Just like an inside cradle or something. You have a good match. And then she just, just catches her. Boom. And now it's like that. No one's had that def- that that definitive win. That definitive knockout. They can't get it on each other. Which is the cause for the third match. And finally. The eighth and final match you book out. If you want to make a star. Don't put Bray Wyatt with Edge. Don't put AJ Styles with Edge. Even though both matches would be interesting. Right? Let Bray fight AJ Styles. Because, like I said, we've got to keep some reality here. It's clear they want to do a third and final match in the trilogy between Randy Orton and Edge. That's fine. Let them do that. Then you put Bray Wyatt with AJ Styles and The, the Fiend, obviously, and you let those two go at it. Because I think well, Daniel Bryan's clearly the greatest wrestler to, to, to or the best opponent for Bray Wyatt. If Daniel Bryan can have a good match with Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles can too. So I think that could be a marquee match. So in my opinion, this is the things, these are the things th- these guys need to do. They need to make new stars and now. If they really want to have this shakeup, this is how you shake it up. You put you sprinkle your dust all over these new characters, show them some respect, and stop playing around. So now enough of that. Now enough rain talk, ratings talk. Let's hit NXT. We'll hit to NXT SmackDown. We'll end with AEW. And my bone with AEW. Cameron Grimes out four to six weeks with a legitimate injury. He apparently already had surgery. Um, not much is being spoken of it at this time, so no one really knows what it is besides internally. Um, Kyle O'Reilly. I did not see this coming. Kyle O'Reilly. He defeated Pete Dunne to get his shot. Another shot at the NXT Championship. I still think he's going to lose again. Um, but if they pull the trigger on it, they can't go wrong with Keith, with uh, Kyle O'Reilly getting that NXT Championship. I just think that NXT Championship has Pete Dunne's name written all over it. 
next. So that's my opinion. Tony Storm once again beats Rhea Ripley thanks to some help from Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez is getting that NXT Women's Championship. She is getting it and she's going to run amok in that women's division. And the good thing is she's already lost. So there's no undefeated streak that no one has to worry about. She can just run amok and destroy as many people as she can. That's going to be fun. And Karrion Cross returned to a squash match. And it's official. Him versus Damian Priest. January 6th for the New Year's show. SmackDown. The only thing I want to talk about SmackDown that I didn't already talk about was Reigns and Jey Uso being... D- Kevin Owens reminded me of... this episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm quoting Seinfeld. Where Kramer is going to run in this marathon and... Jerry's telling him, dude, you're so out of shape. You better get in shape. This dude is smoking cigars. He can't walk up steps. Like He's completely out of shape. Finally, the, the day of the big race comes, or the walk for cancer or whatever comes, and they say, hey, you need to wear your ribbon. Kramer refuses to wear the ribbon. So he gets just completely destroyed, beat down. The, the race is over. The walk is over. They're like, where's Kramer at? They say he wasn't going to make it. Kramer uh, appears at the very end, and he is just Beat down, torn clothes. He's struggling. He's breathing heavy. He finally, he finally gets to the end, but he doesn't even cross the line. And so Jerry says, "Told him." And all of a sudden, George says, "Where's your ribbon?" And you see, sees Kramer's face as the credits roll. To me, that's how this was. Kevin Owens got beat down three different times here. Got literally buried under tables and ladders and chairs. Oh my! And it just was a beat down for the ages. He's not winning that Universal Championship. Kevin Owens is just going to be another victim of the head of the table. And now I wonder what's going to happen. I do wonder. And I'm debating if I'm going to do a review on the show or not. I don't know. We'll see. Because this, this show's already... I, you guys know I don't like doing three-hour long shows. But because of that earlier rant, we're almost 50 minutes into this show. So I, I doubt it. But um, I wonder what's going to happen... If Kevin Owens doesn't say you're the head of the table. Now he's definitely stricken the ire of the Universal Champion. So that's going to be interesting and fun to watch. As far as AEW goes, what is up with Sting in this Taz group? I'm seriously interested. Anytime Taz group comes out to try and beat up Cody, Sting comes out with his baseball bat and they back off. I'm curious at where this is going. To me, I still think they're going with a cinematic match between him and Darby Allen. It's clear that's one of the paths they're going. And I think it's going to be a cinematic match. That could be fun to watch because Darby's a madman. And who knows what he's going to be willing to do working with a Hall of Famer slash legend like Sting. That's interesting. Cody and Brandy, as I said earlier, they're going to have a baby. They announced it. Everyone seemed to be happy except for Jim Cornette. Um... And also, last thing, I'll say this. The real takeover here is not what people think. It's not going to be Impact taking over AEW. Kenny Omega is taking over the industry. Uh, it looks like Kenny Omega, first of all, at Hard to Kill, pay-per-view, the new uh, Impact pay-per-view next year, January, it's going to be Kenny Omega with the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and, um, the, the, and the, the, not the new, what's, what's the name? Uh, what's their name? The Far? I can't remember their name. I, I had it in my... I thought I had my notes. I didn't write it down, I guess. Whoever... It was in the tag team but that, that the Good Brothers are feuding with right now. 
But Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers beat the hell out of these guys. And Omega laid out the Impact World Champion. So I actually would not be surprised. I truly would not be surprised if Kenny Omega won. He's been filming a lot of footage for Impact. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Omega won their Impact World Championship. He already, he still has a AAA title. He's he's going to win a ton of gold. This is going to be the year of the cleaner, the year. And by the way, if you guys have not read my article, I don't think I've promoted it on here yet. But um, I, I wrote an article about AEW going into year two of existence um, for Celeb Magazine. Uh, I'll put the link in the description. But read it. Check it out. Tell me what you think about it. The cleaner is back. And I don't know when he's going to. This is just a guess. And I don't know when he would win their Impact World title, but I think he's going to pin Rich Swan in that match to set up a championship match. And, dude, this is going to be Kenny Omega's year. And this, I don't know how long-term this is. This is this collaboration is going to be, but it's going to it's gonna help out Impact for sure. But it's also going to help out Kenny Omega's just legacy of this world travel. He's going to do the 1980s thing, 1970s thing, where he's just going to be a traveling world champion and, have, and to be draped and more gold than Razor Ramon or Al Pacino or Scarface could ever dream of. So the real impact here, no pun intended, I did not mean that, I swear. The real impact of this uh, invasion, air quotes there, is Kenny Omega. So, that's the show for this week. I wanted to get into this one last thing, this bone to pick. So a few weeks ago, I made my guesses, and I promise you, I did not see the leaked images but I made my uh, predictions of, because everyone knows I'm an action figure collector. And I just got into variant Keithley. My God, it is gorgeous. Uh, I got I just got in today. I, right before I was leaving for work, my email goes off. And it is, hey, your package is at the front door. Didn't even get a chance to open it. I just went ahead and left out. Came back, opened it. The variant of Keithley for... Uh, Series 82 of the WWE Elite is phenomenal. Looks just like him. Boom. It's an, and it's not it's not out yet as I record this. Uh, I think they're on Series 80 as of right now. Um, so I'm assuming Series 81 and 82 will be out at some point next year. Um, but I did not see leaked images when I made my predictions of what would be um, Wave 3. And I don't remember exactly who I said wave three would be but here is the official ringside collectibles made it official today or two days ago who wave three would be the, the picture the steals are up the pictures are up wave three is going to be orange cassidy the bastard pock the young bucks again i'll get to that in a second rio and Darby Allen and Darby Allen and Rio both have variant versions that are pretty cool. I don't like the face on Rio or the face on Pac. They they don't look like themselves. Their frames do, but they don't really look like it. But let me tell you something. First of all, I get why they did another Young Buck version because the first version of Young Bucks was more of like uh, the limited audition run when it were like. Um, they only wore those outfits once, as opposed to these. This version of the Bucks is what you see on AEW every week. I still, I get why I did it. I still don't like it. Because <laughs> let's be honest, whoever, whatever other team they put on there is a right. Now, once again, they may not think that any other. They may have done some uh, focus groups 
and they say, hey, if we put this tag team out here, are you likely to buy these action figures? Who knows what they did, what they did behind the scenes and what they, and what they won't share. You know, but to me, you have FTR now. You could have made action figures of them, and they would have sold. We we all know that they would have sold. Now, AEW was all about fucking tag team wrestling. So you could have found another tag team. Or even if you couldn't find a tag team, make two different other figures. You know, you have Wardlow there. You have, the, you, you have Pride and Glory there. Why didn't you get them? They're a tag team. You know, so anyways, um, I do believe I had Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen in, in Wave 3. So I did get that right. But um, those characters look great. That's not my bone to pick. My, here's where my bone to pick. The distribution from Jazzware and AEW of these figures has been horrendous. Horrendous. And I get it. They don't want a lot of peg warmers. For those of you who don't know what that means, peg warmers are where toys or clothes specific specific stuff just stays on the shelf you can't get rid of it you can't you know you can't even throw it at, you can't throw it at somebody and they'll take it right i get that but once they did wave one and wave one sold out immediately right and by the way in colorado and i've actually been doing research on this colorado actually got no brandy roads at all they got none of brandy roads and i remember i went to two different stores i was actually trying to be an adult you know and i was in a walmart and I was shopping. I said, oh, let me stop by and see what they got. I was actually there. It was just happened at two different occasions. But the first time, they were like, it was like nighttime or whatever. And they're like unloading early. And I saw them unloading AEW figures. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, hey, you got any bread? Because I was grabbing. So I grabbed. This, I had no. I, take that back. I had Kenny Omega at this point. So first of all, let's rewind. I went to this uh, Walmart. I was specifically looking for it. The only figure they had was they had two Kenny Omegas left. I grabbed the Kenny Omega. So I had Kenny Omega. He was the first one I had. Now, I was thinking the whole time the first person I was going to have was Brandy. I thought no one was going to want her. But I, one, doubted the power of scalpers. Two, I didn't even think about this at that time. But Brandy Rhodes had never had an action figure. And why would she? She was just an announcer at WWE. Wasn't an, ex- an executive. So anyways, I found Kenny Omega. So that night, I'm sitting there, I'm seeing them unload. I'm like, okay. So I grab the Bucks, I grab Jericho, I grab Cody. And I grab, who else did I grab? Who was the last one I grabbed? Bucks, Cody. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it. The Bucks, Cody, Jericho. Oh, yeah, and I didn't have Brandy. Sorry about that. So, 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 I guess I'm missing somebody. I said, hey, do you have any, uh, is there a woman in there? So, so they go through the box. No, no woman at all. So I'd been talking to a few other collectors, and one guy got it, but he spent a, an absurd amount, absurd amount of money to get her. He said, I think it was like 300 bucks to get her from eBay. Not, I don't, I don't encourage scalpers that buy all the, the toys and then want you to, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I, yeah, whatever. Well, anyways, ringside collectibles. And here's the other thing. Here's the reason why I have a problem with the bucks thing. I get it, but I have a problem with it. If you want to do a more week to week version of the bucks, ringside collectibles, they, that's why WWE and well, wrestling in general has this great outlet in ringside collectibles that do 
exclusive ringside collectible figures all the time. They had uh, Walter on there. Uh, Walter has never been in the Elite Series at all. But there was, there is actually, excuse me, a uh, ringside collectible exclusive Walter. They do exclusive all the time. They have the Blood Brothers, which is Cody and Dustin from their classic five-star match from Devil or Nothing. That's exclusive to ringside collectible, right? You can make those bucks the ringside collectible exclusives. You can. So anyways, we got no brandy here. And I talked to a few collectors or whatever here. So anyways, Wave 2, and and it's funny I'm recording this now. As of two days ago, the first sighting of Wave 2 of AEW figures was in Walmart in a Houston store. I saw this on Instagram. That was the first time I seen them in stores. But like Wave 2 was supposed to be out in October. There's been no movement on it whatsoever. No one knows what's going on with it. Anybody that has these figures got them from Ringside Collectible. Not one person said to me, oh, I saw them in Walmart. And some people have said to me they haven't seen them in stores at all. So I was like, yo, like what is going on? And now they're announcing Wave 3 on RingsideCollectibles.com, which is cool if you can pre-order them. Which is the thing I'm doing from now on. I actually just pre-ordered my my MJF from Series Two, and I'll get the rest as I can, as I can. But um, I just thought it was weird. I thought it was really weird because I was like, "Yo, like, how is Wave Three out?" But they haven't even because even with Wave One, they were like, "Hey, they're out now." But once again, with the distribution, they were then late. So I believe they were supposed to be out like August something, like the early early part of August. They weren't in Colorado until, and that wasn't because they were sold out. They weren't in Colorado until September. It was really weird. Anyways, um, that's my petty bone to pick with them. The distribution of these figures needs to be better. It needs to be more fair. If you're gonna, if you're gonna distribute, and, and supposedly all these figures are limited now. Supposedly, that's the selling points. They're all limited. Blah blah blah. If that's the case, make sure they all come out at some point in time fair. You know, but now that supposedly they're hitting stores, so we'll see. So, anyways, that's my petty bone to pick with AEW. Get your shit together with these damn action figures, you guys in Jazzwear. That is the show for this week. If I do decide to record a review for TLC, you will hear it after this. But I'm not going to lie to you, I'm probably not. Probably just going to enjoy the show this week. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show this week. Enjoy this show. And I will see you guys next week. For the final three episodes of the year.